0: The Weekly Hugh Demon. Full steam ahead. Jack Kerouac looked down on steroids. He sat on his mother's couch, smoking marijuana and watching the McCarthy hearings, cheering for Tail Gunner Joe. He was 32 and it was 1954. In his 20s and 1940s, he said he'd like to join his Russian comrades and fight against fascism. He coined the term Beat Generation, which became the proto-counterculture movement of the 1960s. He detested the 1960s counterculture, noting that the Beatniks was a movement of enthusiasm and glee, not one of disgruntled whining. He took benzodrine, morphine, marijuana, hash, LSD, opium. He saw a statue of Mary turn its head. He died at age 47 from hemorrhaging of the esophagus, the drunkard's classic death. His corpse held a rosary, and his funeral mass was held at St. Jean-Baptiste, or Jean-Baptiste Catholic Church. Such was the relatively short life of Jack Kerouac. He was hip before it was hip, crisscrossing America in the late 1940s, from New York to Denver to San Francisco, with stops in Des Moines, Chicago, Illinois, and points in between with a jaunt in New Mexico City. He wrote about it during a Ben's Dream-fueled three-week writing session in 1951, typing onto rolls of paper that were taped together into a long scroll so he didn't have to stop the change of paper. The school, by the way, um, went on tour about 10 years ago. Different museums, you can actually go look at it. Anyway, when Truman Capote heard that Kerouac had written the book in three weeks, he sneered, That's not writing, that's typing. <laughs> but the youngsters disagreed. They lapped up the book when it was published in 1957 and took it to the road seeking to become beats. All right, so what was beat? Flannery O'Connor once remarked that there was an unfortunate tendency among readers to focus on all the dead bodies in her fiction instead of focusing where the real action is and her character's souls. A similar thing can be said about the beat lifestyle that Kerouac wrote about. There's a tendency to focus on the sex, drugs, and bebop and other, quote-unquote, kicks, instead of where the real action is, the beat's souls. Okay, now, the term beat is short for beatific, as in beatific vision. It's the vision of the divine being, which Christianity teaches is the final destiny of the redeemed, and, though almost exclusively enjoyed in the afterlife, can also be experienced on earth once in a great while. Uh, Thomas Aquinas, for instance, thought Moses probably had to, had the beatific vision. Now, Kerouac, uh, never wanted to blunt his prose or to get bogged down in logical details, applied the abbreviated expression, beat, to life on the road, or to that type of lifestyle. The beats knew, or more precisely, intuited, and that's kind of crucial. Um, everything about the Tao is intuited really more than reason to, anyway. Um, The Beats knew or intuited that they could experience something greater than the ordinary mundane life of 1950s America. They intuited there was something more than what units of measurement, money, and rationality could convey. The Beats were seeking nothing less than the Tao, that area on the other side of Huxley's doors, the first principle of Zen. Kerouac sought it especially hard. It's his search, not the benzedrine and other kicks, that fueled On the Road and its enthusiastic greeting among America's youth. All right, so On the Road is semi-autobiographical. It's about Kerouac's automobile trips across America. His character is named Sal Paradise, and he travels with Dean Moriarty, who is both a holy goof. And if you look at the term holy goof, it's kind of like a, a play into the fool for Christ. But Dean Moriarty is not just a holy goof, he's also the high priest of the road. Now, Kerouac habitually sprinkles terms like soul, holy, mystic, and immortal throughout the book to describe the experiences of the road. There's no doubt he thought he was writing a religious book. In their roaming, Sal and Dean enjoy everything they encounter. They love the cars, the different airs of our country's regions, the girls, Many portions of the book are, are arguably nothing more than a list of things they see and how they dig them. They use the word dig a lot. Dig them far more than any ordinary person would dig them. Salandine's wanderings are exercises in detachment, trying to rise above an existence confined to living exclusively on this side of the door. The road detaches them from the binding conventionalities of normal society or living on this side of the door. As a result, they are able to enjoy everything and everyone, even the most disgusting, because they are able, in their unique way, to see goodness in everything. At one point, they pick up an incredibly filthy hitchhiker at Dean's insistence. The man is covered with scabs and is reading a muddy paperback he found in a culvert. They sit close to him and dig him the whole time generally getting a kick out of talking to him, but without malice. They weren't being dicks about it. They just were generally getting a kick out of him. And they really liked the guy. And They were totally absorbed by him. They were present with him, people might say in today's parlance. Now, after dropping him off, Dean excitedly says about picking up that hitchhiker, quote, I told you it was kicks. Everybody's kicks, man, unquote. On the Road also features holy men, willing outcasts of society. There's the wild, ecstatic Rollo Greb, the beat saint G- Dean wanted to imitate, a man who, quote, didn't give a damn about anything, unquote, a, quote, great scholar who goes reeling down the New York waterfront with original 17th century musical manuscripts under his arm, shouting, a man whose, quote, excitement blew out of his eyes and stabs a fiendish light, unquote, Dean admires the guy, this Rollo Greb, t- Greb, telling Sal, quote, that Rollo Greb is the greatest, most wonderful of all. That's what I want to be. I want to be like him. He's never hung up. He goes every direction. He lets it all out. Man, he's the end, unquote. And then Dean alludes the beatific vision that Kerouac was seeking to capture. Quote, you see, if you go like him all the time, you'll finally get it, unquote. Sal asks, get what? Dean simply yells back, it, it, all caps. It's as though there's nothing else to add. It's a characteristic of mystics emerging from an intense round of meditation. Anyway, there's also Old Bull Lee, who is probably William Burroughs, by the way. Um, Actually, I was listening to a Yale lecture recently on it. And the lecture she said, the professor said, no, it's definitely William Burroughs, who was... a." Uh, if memory serves, the, uh, the, the, the the IBM or whatever, Burroughs Manufacturing son or whatever. He's part of that wealthy family. Anyway, to the beats, old Bull Lee is the wise elder, a man who had read and done everything. A man who lived in the glorious pre-1910 days when narcotics were available over the counter. Bull Lee lives in an old shack in New Orleans with his wife. Both benzodiazepine addicts. He tinkers about the yard, reading Shakespeare and Kafka, hardly caring about anything, especially ignoring the cares of conventional society, taking drug fixes to get him through the day. That's Bully. And Sal Paradise, Sal Paradise or G- Jack Hurlock, seems to pity Bo It's drug addiction, but it's almost like the pity of a that a novice might have for an old monk whose knees hurt him from too much kneeling. Anyway, it's all great stuff. It breaks convention. It breaks norms. It breaks everything. The new left loved it. They deployed this message to fuel the peace and love and free speech and free everything movements of the 1960s. But here's the thing that the new left didn't realize. Kerouac wanted to break things, but he wasn't a revolutionary. At least not a Marxist one. On the Road was about the Tao. Kerouac was all about The Tao. The Tao is that thing that modernity, starting with Bacon and Descartes, rejected. Whatever the Tao is, and that's all we really know about it, it is that which is beyond rationality and proof. Whatever the Tao is, we know it's a thing that modernity rejected. It was the great rejection on which all of modernity is built. And by the way, I'm implementing that uh, phrase after much, much thought, um, cogitation, and gin and tonics. Quote, the great rejection, unquote, is what I'm calling it. That is what modernity is based on. The rejection of the Tao is the great rejection. Anyway, back back to the podcast, so to speak. All those little gods of modernity, the logocentric ideas that Der- Derrida scorned, likewise reject the Tao. Marxism, communism, socialism, progressivism, all little gods whose first premise is the great rejection. Kerouac rejected the Great Rejection. He was practically violent about it, reacting with spasmodic kicks against it. Spasmodic kicks against it. Kerouac wanted to get the Tao back. He was relentless about it and attacked those things that rejected the Tao modernity, rationalism, logic, empiricism. He rejected it all. And that meant he rejected the very notion of progress, as that term is understood in the modern tradition material improvement and scientific progress. He rejected it. He rejected the grand rational systems that modernity paraded in front of Western civilization capitalism rejected, consumerism rejected, communism rejected. Instead, he embraced things that weren't those things, like he embraced the small. He loved his hometown. He also loved the little units of life he found on the road. He embraced the irrational, a crucial point. I mean, a statue of Mary turned its head. He believed it. He said he saw it. He embraced other irrational things, drugs. He embraced bebop, which is like a deviant form of jazz that basically broke the jazz mold. It was based on idiosyncrasy and dissonance he irration would take to the road without any grand plans. Okay, now I admit, Kerouac got a lot of things wrong, no doubt about it, but he was attacking all the right enemies. He intuited strongly that someone had kidnapped the Tao, and he wanted to get it back, to free it, to open the door so the Dao could walk back into civilization. Or rather, to open the door so we could drive down its road.